Hello and welcome to another All-Star Comics podcast powered by Horizon Comics. I'm your host, Blake Starling, and joining me on the panel tonight is... Stop smiling when I say that, Johnny. Johnny, introduce yourself since I just introduced you. Hi, I'm Johnny Morales and I'm here. (laughs) And... Hey. (laughs) I'm Roger. That's weird. I love the enthusiasm. No, I like this. I like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And our special guest tonight is... Bobby Brown. Yeah. Hello, Mr. Bobby. Thank you for joining us tonight. Now, normally we would start the podcast on a high note, but unfortunately on Monday we lost a comics legend, Mr. Stan Lee himself. Uh, we wanted to take a few minutes to remember him and uh, talk about what was great about him and why he was so iconic. Who would like to go first? Yes, and Matt is here. He was finding his mic, so I wasn't able Matt, to introduce him. Matt, you said that you him. didn't need to be introduced today, but you're still... That's true. <laughs> All <Okay>. right. <laughs> and always the best producer in the world, Mr. Matt Lubick. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, this will get better. It'll only take... 37 six, takes. 12, 13 takes. <laughs> on the last week before but Jonathan okay. comes, back, comes back, he'll be like, perfect. What's fun is everybody on the stream gets to see this chaos. Right. And guys, we're streaming right now mm-hmm. at... Twitch. Twitch. Really? Sorry. Go. Twitch.tv slash Horizon Comics. There we go. And that's every Friday for anybody that wants to see us live. AP. Um, yeah, and see uh, our shenanigans and see Matt drop a bunch of F-bombs. That, that's you, bro. <laughs> that is me. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, anyway. Right. You know, uh, well, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll start off the discussion with Stan Lee because when, uh, when this happened... Um, Monday. Um, I had I had owed Teresa waffles for like months, and so we decided it was like you know I was like hey I'm gonna I'm gonna take you out for waffles, and uh, so we were on our way to IHOP, and all of a sudden my my leg started vibrating, and it and it wouldn't stop. And Teresa's like, she looks at her phone and she's like, oh my God, Stan Lee just passed away, and I was like, really? You know, we get to to the restaurant and I pull my phone out and it's, I mean, it had blown up, you know, everybody letting me know, like, oh my God, you know, and I, I apologize to everybody for not responding, but sorry, not sorry. I really didn't want to talk about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have, I have mixed feelings on it. Stan Lee meant a lot to my childhood. I think he did he did as much for my moral development as my parents did and in some ways more um sorry mom and dad but um that's that's just the truth um and so i you know i I was personally saddened at at his passing and and i didn't want to talk to anybody, anybody about it but at the same time knowing you know that you know, just just a little over a year ago, he lost his wife, um, Jeannie, and uh, they had been married for sixty five years or something like 69. that. Sixty nine. Sixty nine years. That's they had incredible. been married. Uh, You're the worst. And then, you know, on top of that, you know, some of the stories that I had seen recently about him was, which was which was a real shock to me, was the stories of elder abuse. Um, that started surfacing, you know, the, uh, basically, uh, allegedly at the hands of his daughter, trying to get all the trust fund. And I, I couldn't imagine, you know, 
that the money coming between family and stuff like that and for him you know at you know at the um you know in the in the last year of his life having to deal with uh that kind that kind of tragedy you know after having done so much for so many people i i found that very sad and so i for for stan i i couldn't be sad um I think it's I think it's sad for the world, but for him, I you know I'm like good on you, dude. You you did a you you know you did a great job. You lived a great life. You had a positive impact on a lot of people. Um, and Godspeed, you know. So that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, it's uh it's crazy to imagine him not being in this world anymore. And I didn't even realize he was 95. I mean, that guy lived a full life, you know? Sure did. Yeah. And he's still, still charismatic as always and seemed like he had energy, like more. He had this cool energy about him, if that makes any sense. Like he was always on the go, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Johnny, do you have anything you want to say? I mean, yeah. It's like oh, it's always sad when you lose, um, you know, someone that was very influential to the comics industry mm-hmm. as a whole, especially like um, – uh, back in the 90s when Marvel was going bankrupt like mm-hmm. he did what he had to do to save that sinking ship by selling off the rights he knew what to do he was a businessman yep um, and like you know some people didn't like that he did that but if he hadn't do that if he hadn't have done that you know Marvel probably wouldn't be here anymore that's true um, and and you know it's was always that him I think he uh, like was he st- was he was he still in the the organizational structure I believe so for the business unless someone lied to me Anyway, yeah, I, I'm, I don't know. I would I, have to I double check. Um, time, so I don't know. But yeah, it, it's just like this dude has been around forever, and and he was always, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, and it's not a derogatory term, but it's he was always a social justice warrior, always fighting for social justice. Like I remember, uh, I believe it was like 1978. Um, mm-hmm. or, no, it was in the 60s actually. Like after the assassination of MLK, he. Uh, published this, this thing called Stan's Soapbox in one of the comics saying like, you know, you can't hate your neighbor, and, right. you know, and, and just like that in the sixties, it's just amazing the the, the dude was awesome. Yeah. And, um, you know, like he gets a lot of credit for, uh, creating all of these here. Uh, well, a lot of, the, uh, a lot of these heroes, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, Johnny, did you ever meet him? No, never. But I never got to meet him. No, Bobby, I, no, it's no. one of my worst regrets. Have I've you ever seen, seen him? No, have you? It's crazy. Oh. So I had I, this was um, <clears throat> two years ago. It wasn't. It wasn't this past Comic Con, but Teresa, I think that we went to Comic Con yeah. um, two uh, a year and a half ago, right? Twenty seventeen. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah. It was then, and you know when when Teresa and I go to Comic Con, half the time we spend inside of the pavilion, and half the time we spend in the gas lamp district drinking um or you know enjoying uh enjoying other people (laughs) but um we were there was a lot of this particular time there was a lot of stuff going on in well it's comic-con there was a lot of stuff going on outside and uh we were walking up um, one of the streets which they had they had them all barricaded and there was this golf cart that kind of came down the wrong street and and it was like we i mean it was like it stopped right in front of us and it was like right and while we were walking out of the spaghetti factory 
And uh, it was like, oh, my God, that's Stan Lee. You know, he was in the back of the golf cart, and the person driving it, like, turned down the wrong street. And it's like you just have this mass of, like, a 1,000 people. Jeez. And they put it in reverse and got it out and then and whisked them off. And I got, I managed to get, you know, a video of it. And you can tell it's Stan Lee. But that was, but I remember that impact that it had on me. It was like, it was like being that close to him. You know, I mean, I'd seen him signing at tables and stuff. And yeah, they, you know, like push you away. It's like they put their hand up in front of your, your camera and all that stuff. But, but that was, I, remember, I was just like awestruck, you know, oh, absolutely. which, which was, which was really cool. But yeah. that's the closest I ever got to him. Um, but yeah, I mean, as long as it's like we're talking about this, today would have been uh, also someone that we lost two years ago. Uh, Darwin Cook, uh, his birthday's today. Uh, mm. He would have been 56, which is oh my God. a bummer. Wow, yeah. that's so young. It would have been 56, wow. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so yeah. Excelsior, Stan. Yep. Yeah. Well, <sighs> moving on. Moving on. Um, let's start out with our reviews. Who would like to go first? That's on you, dude. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Pick someone. Pick someone. I will go first. Oh, wow. Yep. That is like the. Are you mad non- because I no, went first? No, it's the oh, most God. non-committal like choice that you could have made. <laughs> Ultimate sacrifice. <laughs> okay. It's just like let me pick me. I'm the easiest. Um, the book that I chose to review this week is from my poll is Mr. Miracle by the wonderful Tom King and Mr. Mitch Jarrods. I so wanted to read this, but I had every intention of reading this by today. And you chose Murder failed. Falcon. Yeah. Well, spoilers. spoilers. Yeah. Sorry. But Phil, yeah, go ahead. I was looking forward Everyone's going to gonna skip ahead. It's okay. So um, I, I do have to admit I am a couple issues behind. So I'm reading the finale. I know. I know, Johnny. I, I see the eyes. Yeah. I see the eyes. I, I still enjoyed it. Um, I'm convinced that Tom King has perfected the nine-panel grid. Uh, I love the just the, the flow of the story. And what's crazy is this first page, when I was first looking at it, I didn't realize that these were uh, creators. Because if you look closely, that's Dan DiDio. Okay. And that's Jim Lee. All right. And then down here, that's supposed to be Tom King. And that's supposed to be uh, Miss Jarrett. Yeah, Garrett's. And then right up here, aren't those the guys from the league? I have never seen the league. I, I know they're actors, but the other panels, I'm curious. Isn't I don't that, know who they're supposed to be. Uh, but I, I, now that I know that, I know that they're all supposed to be someone famous. So I thought that was kind of cool that they had little Easter eggs in there like that. Um, I just, I think one of the greatest things that I liked about this series was just the relationship between him and Barda. You okay. know what I mean? Like, it's just... It's so weird because she's like what six foot one, six foot three, or something like that. Like she, she's huge, and I think he's like probably taller than that. Yeah, like five foot she's eleven or something. At least six five. Yeah, and then he's what five foot ten, five foot eleven or something. Yeah. So you know the typical couple, you know what I mean? Like this tall giant of a woman, and then this short little cute guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, average height, the guy. That's okay. Yeah. Can't help who you fall in love with. Absolutely, and and that's what's great. You know what I mean? It's their relationship. I mean. They, they have a kid and then they're on their way to having another kid. And I feel like a Spoilers. lot of the times everyone knows <laughs> <kidding>. what <laughs> we're a spoiler podcast. Right. Absolutely. I don't know. I just, it, it felt, it felt natural. It wasn't yeah. like, you know, like, Oh, they're just having a kid for the sake of having a kid. You know what I mean? Like 
you got to see the birth of their first kid and then felt like a natural progression. Right. And then later on in the issue, spoilers, you find out that they're going to have another kid, you know? And then there's these great little, uh, quick little action scenes of like, uh, Barda fighting, uh, I think it's Kanto. Mm -hmm. And she literally like takes him out in one punch and she's like, can we move this along? I have things that I have to do. Like they're more worried about the mundane things in their life than they are the extraordinary things that go on in their life. If that makes any sense. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I just, I can't say enough good things about this book. You know, I'm really bummed that I read the last issue without reading the last two issues. That's not you dude. Yeah, I know. I, I messed up and Do you, does it ever it come right. back? Okay. In the, the very first issue, um, for this series, we reviewed, uh, some time ago. Right. And one of the things that was kind of a big subject of, of the conversation there was, Something was amiss here. You know, you have this thing with Big Barda's eyes, you know, and in some panels they're brown and some they're blue. And um, uh, Scott Free doesn't like he 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 doesn't quite make that connection. You know, he's like, you know, weren't your eyes brown or something like that? And she's like, no, silly. Do they come back and address that? That that, that somebody thing? has been. Because in the 11th issue, we find out that Metron has been, like, he's been a, a central figure in this. Mm-hmm. In this issue, do they come back and, and address that to where... In a way, yeah. Not like that specific thing of, like, hey, your eyes were, like... He doesn't specifically say that, but... No, but... With the way, that like, everything why that has happened that? has been... Do, do they address that everything that has happened to this point not being exactly what you thought it was? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Hmm. You have you haven't read it yet. Is it nope. nine okay. panel I, grids I, I, all throughout? I believe yeah. so. Yeah. No. The entire yeah. series. Well, no, that's not Tom <laughs> King. That's a lot of people. Um, <laughs> that's his favorite panel. Well, the, it's everybody's favorite panel layout because it's the easiest. Right. The the other joke that I that I do like the running or it's not really a joke, but the running thing is they always have like one uh, page dedicated to them being stuck in traffic on the 405 because it's santa monica <laughs> no that's, that's funny if you live in california that's yeah yep. it's something very i get it and i don't know i just love that and then uh there's there's dark side on the couch bud you know you need to read this roger well i know i know you need to read this i know I so do. we can talk I need about closure yeah yeah yes Thank you. um i mean i don't want to get too spoilery now that i know that you haven't read it you wait past that point. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, it, it ended on a good note. It's okay. not, you know, some, he's not battling something or anything like that. It's, it's, I don't know. It's bittersweet. When you read it, what you'll you understand it? what I'm saying. I, I would give it a five. Yeah. Yeah. Or you know what? I'm going to say. 4.75. I can't, well, I mean like. I don't know. I feel like I'm missing some stuff, but I, I don't want to derate it because I'm the one that didn't read issue 10 and 11. And I feel like that's me being a lazy reader. So uh, like, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with a five. I'm going to stick with a five. Cause I feel like there's some things in there that I'm missing because I didn't read the last two issues. But you're also grading on the context of this single issue. Oh, then I would give it a five. I would give it a five. Even though like I missed some things that I feel like, Oh, that's a nod to something that happened in 10 or 11. So yeah, I would give it a five. Cool. Mm. Johnny, you want to go next, bud? Sure. Okay. You made a decision? Yes, sir. Okay. What did you what did you pick? 
Uh, I picked a delightful new new series. Uh, okay. th- this one's number two, okay. uh, called Rainbow, Rainbow. Bright. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was picking this because I'm like nobody's gonna read this. Like, okay. And it's Jeremy Whitley, wh- whom uh, I love. Um, but this blew me away. It's fantastic. It's a it's a delight. What's uh, it called again? It's called Rainbow Bright. Okay. I almost read that. Yeah. I swear to God, I almost read that. It's but, like, but then I saw my last two copies. Yeah, I, I was looking today. for it on the wall because I was like, I kind of want to pick this up. Um, but this 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 book was delightful. It's it's an all ages comic. Okay. Uh, it's about two uh, girls uh, who are about like eight or nine years old. Okay. Uh, one of them is named Willow, and the other one is named Wisp. You know, it's a kids comic. Okay. Um, and. Uh, they're really uh, into uh, LARPing, you know, live action repl- uh, role playing and things like that. Okay. Uh, they pretend to be like um, a knight and a wizard and they're doing things like that. Uh, but it turns out in the first issue, uh, Wisp, um, she sees uh, some like scary monsters kind of uh, uh, stealing the color from the world. Okay. Uh, and it turns out that the so-called shadow king is stealing uh, color from rainbow land and now is going into uh, her world and uh, stealing color from there uh, okay. because he's the shadow king and wants all things to be like black and white. Right. Like I said, kids comic. Okay. Um, but what uh, happens is that uh, wisp is actually the hero rainbow bright because she can see these monsters and she can see uh, the, the sprites and, and go to rainbow world. Um, and it's it's fun. It, it's something that I would recommend to anybody that has a kid or anybody that just wants a fun adventure because it's it's fantasy based, um, but also in like modern times. It's it's uh, honestly I, I was blown away by how much I liked it. Um, okay. Because like yeah, I do like kids comics, but this one felt uh, more. You know, it, it felt okay. more than just oh, this is just a kids comic. It felt something that can unironically be enjoyed by anybody. Okay. Yeah. Do you know anything about the Rainbow Bright franchise? I don't. Bobby? No. Never. I, Blake? Uh, no. Yeah. This is the wrong demographic because I don't either. <laughs> but there is this, there's this demographic in the shop that, like, I mean, I've had people come in and uh, we, we, I thought we way over ordered this book compared to what we get of other stuff um, because I had had a lot of buzz inside the shop for for this comic before it came out and even with issue two i thought you know i'm probably gonna i'm probably gonna be left with these and i i don't have any i sold my last two today um two days after it came out but apparently i i want to say this may have been a tv show larry do you know anything rainbow bright our girls watched it our girls watched it so Okay, so it was a cartoon. So I think it was a it was a TV show, cartoon, yeah. maybe Nickelodeon yeah. or cartoon. Yeah. I, I don't know. David. It wasn't it wasn't a board game, but they had like a thing where you can like put a little white pixels in and make a picture, kind of like a sketch. Oh, like um, kind of like light bright. Okay. Yeah, okay. They had a little toy thing for a rainbow bright like that. Huh. Okay. Wasn't there a thing like Wisping Willow or something like that? That Wisping Willow sounds familiar for some reason. I think it's because John just said it. You sure? I did just no, say but, it. No, but I mean, like, wasn't there, like, a reason why they were named that? Like, it was, like, Wisping Willow or something like that? I'm not sure. sure. I'm not okay. familiar with that. Maybe there is, but I'm not familiar with Rainbow Where have so, I heard that term before? So, now, there's no okay. TV show now, but the, but they decided to bring right, a comic but it was, out. But they sure brought, they right. Make a, new TV show. a kid's cartoon or something? Yeah. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm sure. Rainbow Bright was actually started by Hallmark Cards. 
Wow. Okay, so. In, 19, in 1983. Rainbow Bright was started by Hallmark Cards in 1983. And in 1984 was when the animated TV series. Wow. Oh, wow. And now we're 1984 animated TV series. Then, then Hallmark Vice yeah. Rainbow Bright to Mattel. Um, and uh, the franchise was rebooted in 1996, 2003, okay. 2009, and again in 2014. Okay. So I, I'm not sure if you guys caught any of that, but Rainbow Bright has been a franchise that, and, and cartoons and uh, – and stuff for for the last 30 years but anyway I've, I've i've had a couple of you know women grown women come into the shop who were like she's my hero and i'm <laughs> like okay yeah well that's a thing um so i'm, I'm really glad to hear that it was that it, it was really good and and I, and look i mean because and the people that are coming into the shop they love this property they're getting um I, I think almost every person who picks up this book ends up getting both covers too. Is this a miniseries so, or ongoing? Uh, it this looks is like ongoing. Yeah, it looks at, like it's an ongoing. Yeah. It's from uh, Dynamite Comics. Dynamite Entertainment. It's written by uh, Jeremy Whitley and drawn by Brittany Williams. The art is uh, fantastic. It's very um, you know cartoony, uh, yeah. but like modern. Um, what I love about it though is it, even though it's a kids comic, it doesn't do anything to dumb it down. It, uh, there, there's this character who's um, a little like a fairy type of character who uses very big words, but like through context clues, you can understand them. And I think this is a perfect comic for like eight and above. It's just, it's wonderful in every way. And honestly, like I, ex I expected to read this and just think like, oh, this is a nice kids comic. But I was blown away by everything hmm. about it. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I'm glad to hear it. I, I mean, I, and yeah, there's a demand for it out there. So. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I'm definitely going to keep reading this because it's it's a delight. Cool. What would you rate it, sir? Um, honestly, a five. Yeah, right. I think I would. A delightful five. A delightful five. Bobby, let's talk about Amazing Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man number nine. And start. Uh, writer is uh, Nick Spencer and okay. Roberto Ramos. Mm. And is the artist and... I gotta say that Spider-Man is goes back to my the very beginning when I first the first comic I ever picked up in my life mm -hmm. back in the days. Ride the bicycle, go to Seven Eleven, just mow the lawn, got a few bucks, bam! Spider-Man's first thing I ever picked up. Nice. Been hooked on comics ever since. Spider-Man's always been my favorite, absolute favorite mm -hmm. person to to read. And when I was a kid, I mean. The great thing about those back then is that you would read that comic and you felt like you were never alone. Yeah. You know, because you remember when you were a kid, man, it's like there was good times, there was bad times. Mm -hmm. You never knew, you know, even when you talk to your buddies, they, they didn't understand. But you could pick up Peter Parker and he understood because he was going through the same things as you always. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I, it was just the greatest thing in the world. And that's what got me addicted to comics for my whole life. So it's got me tr with my kids reading them, my grandkids reading them. And it was just a, so when I read an Amazing Spider-Man comic, I mean, I'm always going, I got all this bag, all this history and all these great stories and all these great moments. And last few years, I mean, I, I think Dan Slott kind of lost his way a lot. It was kind of up and down. I mean, maybe, I don't know if he'd been just writing it for too long or it just felt, it felt like for a while that he was just kind of going through the motions. Now, he did do pretty good there at the very end of his career, but go for downs. a while, yeah. Yeah, with well, a story or like go down swing. Yes. Yeah, you better. But there was a big lull there too yeah. for a long time. And 
I think this could be the first nine issues of, the, of this main spider. I, I would say it stacks up to any of those. Wow. I think Nick Spencer is knocking it out of the park. And the art is just absolutely phenomenal. This, right. I mean, I, I would love to see th these two stay together and see how far they can take this because for the first time in a long time, I'm actually laughing with, along with Peter Parker. Some of the stuff that he is saying, this guy's got that that vibe that Peter Parker has when he's always making the wisecracks. Yeah. A lot of times when they people write about him and they're just flat jokes. Mm -hmm. They're just trying to shove a joke in there because they know Peter Parker is a wisecracker. Right. These jokes don't fall flat. They're they are poignant at the moment, and I, I was I was actually catching myself laughing more than once with, with some of the jokes, and I I find that really you know fun to do because when you know it doesn't matter how crazy the comics get, doesn't matter what they do, if you can get a few jokes in there, but they're timed right, not yeah. a, you know not a joke in the middle of a, a bloodbath, but you know the right times, right? It really up, you know, I think it brings the comic up a little bit. What I want I'm going to come back to that in a minute. But um, what uh, for this particular comic? Give us a pitch for this this story. This and story. This issue. <clears throat> well, think on this one here. The um, la it kind of it kind of comes right in at the very end of the last the last comic, which uh, in, in eight, all of a sudden, all the superheroes started losing all their all their stuff. So Daredevil would, was losing losing um, his cane. Uh, Captain America was losing it. Lost his shield. Okay. Uh, and all and Peter and Spider-Man Peter Parker had just lost both of his of his web slingers. Okay. And okay. So we, and have he a, was falling. we have a klepto. And we have a thief in the <laughs> right. Marvel so universe. So as, and he's falling. Uh, Black Cat grabs him, and that's how this it ends. In the last one, well, this one it picks up right there. They're now they're on the rooftop. She just saved him. Okay. Yeah. And he's going. I thought, you know, what is going on? What did you do this for? Type type thing. And she's and uh, she explains to him that uh, the thieves guild is back in town. And I guess they've always been in New York and all over the world. Okay. And they used to be like a major crime organization. And through the years between the mobs and all the other different things, they've kind of got squeezed out. And now they've got a new leader and she's decided, no, we're gonna become the top again. So the first thing that she did was that she went out and stole everybody's everything. I mean, later on when they, you find out the Black Cat was a member of this. Oh, wow. oh, so she okay. knew where the stuff would be hidden. Uh, so she takes she takes Peter there to get to get his web series, to get to get some of the stuff back. When you go in this room, here's the Iron Man suit. I mean, everything you could think of. I mean, wow, <laughs> they had gotten everything. It was hilarious. It's kind of hilarious. Well, of course, Peter Parker's like, okay, well, we, we're gonna. It's gonna take us a while to give everything back, and, and she's like, no, half. You know, I, you know, I'm still a thief. I want half of it still. <laughs> you, pick, you know, you can have your web slingers back, but I, you know, right. And, so well, if nothing else, you left me with a great image of like Tony, you know, standing out in his boxers. Like, what just happened? Yeah, yeah. You, know, you got, you know, like I said, you got Captain America without his shield, all this kind of thing. Um, and and in between that, um, the other thing I want to say is that I really love that they brought Mary Jane back. Okay. Yeah. Because to me, I mean, you can't have to me Peter Parker and Mary Jane are all, are just absolutely. I mean, they, and for a long time, you know, they. I, 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 it just broke my heart when they decided they weren't married anymore. They, they didn't want to be part. Yeah. They, they got completely rid of that section. Um, for a while there, I mean, all of a sudden, Mary Jane was working for Tony Stark and all those other different things. Just, yeah. Man, nothing felt right. You know, it's like yeah. now all of a sudden you got, you know, now you got peanut butter and jelly back together. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it, it's, it's how it should be. Yeah. Right. You know, and. Are they in a relationship? They're, right. Because they're I haven't, I haven't read they're, past they're, like issue They're three. working on it. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. They're, 
they both have said they love each other. Mm-hmm. They both said, you know, um, and even at one time uh, during this series, uh, Peter had he went through this beam that separated him into two parts. One was all Spider Man, and one was just all just Peter Parker. Yep. Well, he went back to see Mary Jane, and all of a sudden she goes, "What do you mean you're not Spider Man?" He goes, "You finally got what you wanted. You're always telling me I'm, I'm always leaving. I can't be here for you." And she goes, "But I would miss that." He goes, "I go. So you complain about it? And he goes, <laughs> but that's who you are." And I got, I love all of you, including that part of it. So. Um, in this in, in here she goes and um she's actually having a lunch date with a friend who right. is actually an ex of peter's also so they're sitting there talking awkward. which is kind of yeah it was a little awkward right yeah. and the girl the ex-girlfriend had told him that there is this uh, new kind of um, support group for all the people who know of your the secret identities of all the superheroes and stuff you know because they're the ones that always have to just sit around they can't. They don't have the ability to have to be to talk to because I yeah. can't talk to about. That's I can't say. Oh, Peter came home last night. Oh, whoops. So right now they got a support group. Right. Jarvis is running it, <laughs> so, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so you're getting that in there. So there's a little bit of that going on. I'm not quite sure what they're going to do with that, but you, you know there's going to be something diabolical somewhere along the line. Yeah. But uh, no, other than that, uh, at the very end, of course. You got the cliffhanger, you know they're getting ready to grab all the stuff. They turn around and there they are, the, the entire the, the entire thieves guild right behind okay. them. Wow, I have a question about the uh, support group. I, I have a lot of questions. Do they have? Where do they meet up? Do they say where they meet up? No, they they just had a, they just showed a room and said that uh, um, everybody had donated something. <laughs> right. So um, uh, 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 I'm trying to remember now. Um, Iron Man, Iron Man gave them gave them these these uh, like these little robot type things that would keep that would uh, disguise their faces. Okay. So that way nobody knew who they were talking about, even though everybody right. knew who they were talking about. But yeah, uh, um, uh, Doctor Strange had put a put a, kind of a mist in there so that as you were talking and doing everything, you wouldn't remember all the details. <laughs> so you so as you were talking, you were doing it in a way that it would, you wouldn't give anything up. Yeah. So right. As so as you're sitting there going, yeah, and Peter got home late, well. Everybody else wouldn't really. They just realized you were just talking about stuff and trying to get stuff out. That's right. How, that's how you and do so, a successful support group, not like uh, in Heroes in Crisis where they all got killed. <laughs> and, whoa, spoilers. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Johnny, then, let's calm it down. I, I, I thought it was kind of cool that they uh, called themselves the Lookups. Oh. <laughs> oh, that was pretty funny. I mean, right, right, right. That's, that's, good. Yeah. that's yeah. cute. That's cute. What I like you rate yeah. that. Oh, I'd give the absolute five. Absolutely. Nice. Especially with the art. And okay. So I... Because you, you, before the show, you told me that you had switched your book from Avengers to this yes. one because you, this is the book that you really wanted to talk about. Um, that does my heart good because um, I look if you're reading a Spider-Man comic, you you know you want that kind of a positive reaction from it. You want to be able to talk about it. For me, um, what's what's fascinating though, and why I wanted to follow up on this with you because you're obviously current. You've been reading this all along. I'd mentioned in past episodes, we've lost more subscribers to this comic over the last five months than any other comic in the shop. Why do you Why do you think that is? You know, I I, I really don't know. I, I it doesn't have I, it. I, you know, when uh, when Dasslot was finishing up, there was a lot of spectacular stuff. Right now, this is more uh, almost more uh, personal. Yes, a little Grounded. more grassroots. I was going to say personal right. yeah. uh, storyline. Um, it's a, I guess you would call it a slow burn. 
Okay. I'm but wondering, I think, and, and that may be because that's that's exactly what I was wondering whether or not whether or not people were just like, I don't see where this is going. I'm, you know, go ahead and drop the book because we had I mean, there was um, a month to say six weeks period where we had, you know, almost every day we had people dropping Spider Man, and I was like, I think it's because like at a certain point people wanted bombastic and this return to kind of like, hey, Peter Parker has small time problems now, like relationships yeah. and things. It's just kind of like... Well, because this sounds more like the Spider-Man, like you, you said yes. in the beginning, that people relate to. Yeah. You know? And so... It, it uh, feels smaller. Right. Maybe people are that mad at Nick Spencer because of the Captain America run. Yeah. And, and people have said that. You yeah. Know? Now, it, but it, now if you look at the charts, though... It's high. It's it's yeah. selling higher than it, than it, other than like I said, the peaks of the very end of dance law. But if you take the yeah. middle of the road dance law, this is this is to, top five right now right. Yeah. in comics. And Spider Man has not been top five in a long. I'm a little long time consistently. And then Ryan Otley was on art too. Yeah. So you you have kind of like that fan base of people that loved uh, Invincible and then kind of switching over to see oh let's see what he does with Spider Man and everything like that. He's not writing it, but his art. You know what I mean? It's very yeah. like that's what Spider Man looks like when Ryan Otley's. I'm like him. I'm like uh, four issues behind on this. I'm actually behind on a lot of stuff, um, <laughs> but everything that I've read up to that point has been you know. You're pulling this. You're yeah. B- me too. Yeah, definitely. Me too. It's great. I need to catch up though. Yeah. But I when you that's what pulled me is when you said that uh, that support group. I was like <laughs> right. that that's a very Nick Spencer thing because he'll do things like that. Like I read you read Superior Foes. I Spider-Man, love right? that book. Yeah, and that 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 was funny. So I think maybe um, that the re- like this is his realm. Is that funny or that relatable story versus when he was on Captain America? He's like, oh, I got to do something crazy, and then you know. I think he plays. I think he plays really well in like the small time quirky right. funny characters that's why superior foes of spider-man was you know what i mean yeah it was fun yeah and ant-man and, too right and then to go back to that's what's great about spider-man is he's so relatable he's that superhero that's like oh i got bills to pay after this <laughs> like that was the biggest draw when i was reading him was like oh this guy's got bills he's gonna lose his apartment he may be saving the world and everyone's gonna appreciate that but at the end of the day he needs a place to go back to yeah that's yeah. rough you know He's the everyman's superhero. You know what I mean? Oh, I absolutely think so. In the PS4 game, he gets evicted, actually. <laughs> See? The spoilers there, and then that's <laughs> sad, too. You that's know? hilarious. Yeah. Um, I really want to play that game now. Yeah, Thanks, same. Matt. It's a Thanks. very beautiful game. Yeah. So you played it all the way through? Oh, yeah. It, the, the best part about that game is they got the mechanics down so phenomenal when you're going through New York City. Yep. I mean, I catch myself every once in a while running into stuff because I'm watching it's so much. It's so gorgeous. Yep. And the mechanics are so perfect. And you really feel like, I mean, you can see him. He'd spin and then he runs across the, runs across a ledge and then jumps. And then you jump him again and he'll run across a whole the side of a wall. Uh, and it's just it, 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 like you're in a it movie. Is I should buy I mean, literally a PS4. Like, <laughs> it is gorgeous. Every time they talk about the game, I, reg- it, it, I regret not having a PS4. It's a system seller without a doubt. Uh, yeah. You know, it's yeah. Black Friday. One week. I yep, I seven days. I want to We're promoting that. that. And We're promoting that right now. <laughs> so, no, I would say some of the best moments are like you guys were saying a minute ago. Like uh, in the game, they recognize the difference between Spider-Man and Peter Parker and nail right. that story. Like they can tell the difference, and that's the best story when you were able to split the Peter Parker moments from the Spider-Man moments because right. there's two different things going on. So you care about him just as much as Spider-Man. Yeah. That's cool. So you said definitely a five. Oh, right? absolutely, yeah. 
Okay, right. Man, that makes me happy. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Um, okay, so for this week, uh, I decided to review Murder Falcon number two. Um, just trying to make Jonathan a little jealous <laughs> uh, that he's not here to talk about it. Um, we miss you, bud. Murder Falcon uh, is written by Daniel Warren Johnson. I know who. Rude. Yeah. Written by Daniel Warren Johnson and uh, art by Daniel Warren Johnson, colored by Mike Spicer. And in this issue, um, we find uh, uh, Jake and Murder Falcon, who he's calling like. <laughs> Every time uh, you say Mulfer. it, I, I love it. He's he's calling him Mulfer now. I don't know, but uh, um, they're you know basically fighting you know these invading beasts, um, and they happen to run into the bassist for Jake's former band, and enlist him uh, in in their mission to defeat evil, but they have to. Uh, go on a side quest to find the magical base <laughs> that that Johan will play uh, to defeat help defeat evil um, it, you know this is a lot of fun it's it's not as strong as the first issue but uh, Jonathan will argue that with me I think it's ongoing really um I, I love the art in it. I love I love what they're doing. Um, and basically, in the end of this, you get two members of the band back together. They do uh, lay some subplot with the characters um, as to, you know, there's this a little bit of tension between Johan and, and Jake as to why the band broke up. Jake didn't show up for uh, this... The, this one concert where they were supposed to have record promoters there. Um, and we know that something happened in an emergency room, but uh, we're not, we're not given all the stories. So I like how they're, they're kind of laying, you know, foundation for these relationships. He does some great uh, character development. Um, it's super metal. And, and, and they do <laughs> major spoilers, but uh, it's, it's a metal podcast too. So, yeah. Um, but Johan, he gets the bass, he manages, he starts playing it, and that shows uh, uh then um, that brings into the story Johan's um, uh, familiar, I okay. guess. Wait, is there which is is there another murder I, person, murder yes. animal? Well, murder mastodon. That's rad. I, I don't know what they call it, but it's it's murder it's a murder master. What is it, the murder so, rangers over here? So, the animals. <laughs> each yeah, one of them that, has um, each one of them has like a familiar that okay. for lack of a better word. I don't I don't I don't think they, they name them in here. Um that is is powered by that instrument. And so now we have we have the guitarist with Murder Falcon, we have the bassist with Murder Mastodon. And at the end of this book, we're going to go find a drummer. So they, they destroy these monsters and creatures with their guitars using power chords? Yes. That was a dumb Metal. joke. I don't know why I just said that. That was a yeah. dumb joke. By shredding. By shredding. They shred monsters they to shred death. They shred monsters to death. 
there's actually story here. Um, like I said, this is this issue, particular issue, is not as strong as the first. <laughs> But I'm sorry. Um, but it's still it's it's a I would, it's it's a really good comic and this this issue uh, I would give four and a half stars. I think I have a question. Uh, Go ahead. Um, so don't it sh- should not be about music. I don't understand. No, no, music. no, no. That's all good. Okay. Um, so like the first issue of Shirtless Bear Fighter was really good and novel, <laughs> but after a while it got like kind of stale for you. Do you think that will happen with Murder Falcon? Yes. Oh wow. Okay. I like that you're honest. All right. Uh, but I mean, we'll see. I mean, right, but right now they're still advancing the story. Okay. Okay. I don't think this should be an ongoing story. Right. And I, yeah. And, no. and may here's what I'm getting. Maybe I've got about. that mixed up. Maybe it's a six issue, which would be perfect. Mm. Right. Um, but there were a, they introduced a villain in in at the end of the of, of this issue. Okay. Right. Um, I have I have a real problem with his. Uh, his look, you know, his depiction. Um, what is I mean, he like? A glam it's, rock it's type metal of? enough. Okay. No, it's like a it's like a lobster that got pulled out of its shell. Oh no! Um, well, spoilers. I have a question. Uh, I'm confused about is this ha- is this really happening or is it in their minds what oh. they're imagining? No, it's like kind of like they're really jamming happening. out together and this is what they imagine when they make metal songs. But. No, you know what I it's mean, not real life, but it's real life. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you feel very and strongly about that. That's all you need to know. That's hey, it's metal. That's and right. It doesn't have to make sense. Right. Um, they're shredding evil to death. This makes me want to watch uh, Metalocalypse again. Yeah. But they go, you know, and they find the base. You know, to find the base, they have, well, Murder Falcon has a. I don't know, some GPS for magical metal instruments or something. And so they end up at Metal Heaven, which is like the best record shop in town, and bust a hole in the wall, which leads into a deep cavern underground where this base is on a throne. It's metal. (laughs) It's absolutely metal. I, I do like that as they're doing reprints, they're doing like like Judas Priest, Scream of Vengeance type right, covers, right, right. and they yeah. some, that, I think I found that that's pretty cool. Yeah. Right, yeah, it keeps that yeah. metal, that whole metal vibe going. They're having they they they're having a blast just making this comic. I mean, they're really and and I think that they're they're just true guy, right? to the culture, yeah. um, to the genre, and, uh, and and they actually they actually have a story here that I look forward to. To finishing, I just hope that they don't take it beyond its natural conclusion and try and get too much blood out of that stone. So it's it's one guy doing the ink, and then it's the the writer is the artist as well. Yeah, Daniel Warren Johnson. Yes. Okay. Writer, artist, inker. I'm telling you, you should check out Space Daniel Warren Johnson. Space Muller. I, I just had to order that for Bryce. Yeah, Bryce uh, told me he read it and loved it. Okay, what, what's the premise of Space Mall? Because no, well, he read it online because it's like a digital comic. Oh, and what, no, what's but I think he needed a hard. Yeah, copy. I know. <laughs> like, how could he not? What's that? Shout sure out to it. Bryce. Sorry, but uh, what is Space Mullet? What's the it's, premise of it? It's about a uh, like a mullet in space. Well, no, no it's kind of like this retired trucker. And okay. Like, look it up. It's like free online. Okay. Yeah, I'll check it out. 
Space but wallet. you need the hardcover, so order okay. it here. And you said, did you say f- uh, four and a half? Or four and a half. Okay. All right. Um, so that concludes our single issue reviews. Mr. Johnny, do you have the news today or tonight? Don't we do the graphic novel first? No, we were going to do the news. We're switching it up. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Roll with it. I mean, you're catching me off guard now, and now I look unprofessional. It's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about before we get the news. I'm gonna talk about how you guys need to review this podcast more. Obviously, wait till Jonathan comes back. Don't review these episodes because I'm doing a wonderful job. Come on. Don't. Yeah. Um, also, uh, start watching the stream. We want you to watch us. I know that sounds weird, but come on. We're having wait, 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 fun. For reviews, where, like, if they leave us a review, what, what, where do they do? Where do they you go? go to... I love that. Johnny, no, tell them where to go. Do not. No, you, you go to the iTunes the store or the Google the store? Iten- you go to the podcast? iTunes store, the Google store. Podbean. 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 And, like, any of your preferred, like, podcasting apps uh, probably have a review, uh, like, little, you know, section. Yep. And you can go ahead and do that. And, you know, that helps. And also spread the word because, yeah. like, that's, yeah. like, that's the biggest way that we can grow yep. is by you telling, hey, I re- uh, people, like, hey, I really like this podcast. And if you do Check leave us a review, send me an email so I'll read it on the show. Yeah. We'll Where do they need to send you an email? Contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com. Yeah. And you can send the sa- the questions there as well. Yeah. Wait, wait. You're doing. You're mixing up things. What was you said? The Twitch feed. What was, that was next? That was Twitch dot Allstar. Nope. <laughs> I'm never gonna get it. Okay. What is it, Johnny? Twitch dot TV slash all Horizon Comics. Oh, there we go. <laughs> you almost okay. messed me up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I messed up the mojo. And then questions, right? Yes. You then have questions, questions for the yeah. show. Where do they? Where, like, if you want to ask the audience, or what, Send what are we doing? Send it to contact at horizoncomics.com. Nope. nope. <laughs> no, okay. no, no, no. <laughs> there we go i'm just gonna point I'm, from now on johnny i'm just gonna point to you i'm gonna be like where do they go and, and that's it yeah. like general questions or <laughs> yeah. trivia questions yeah. matt start getting cue cards for me and then I know, just hold that up cards. and i'll read it at there we go i don't even think that would help no are we ready for the news sir yeah i think there i reported. i think i talked about this a little while ago but obviously uh jason aaron is working on war of the realms which is uh you know his like big final event for thor and then he's done with thor uh maybe yeah so jason aaron and artist uh russell dowderman uh colorist matthew wilson right uh 2019 uh it's gonna kick off in april with six issues uh spanning a total of three months uh, War of the Realms. Do, does it does it mention if Assad Rivik is gonna come back? It doesn't look like it. Looks like it's all Russell Dowderman. Okay. Um, and uh, they've been they've been teasing that it's gonna rival the universe altering Secret Wars. So. Whoa. I know, right? That's a big claim. Yeah. <laughs> He's throwing um, down the gauntlet. Yeah. So I mean, that should be fun. Like his Thor run is like probably one of the best. Um, in recent memory, at least. Okay. Uh, Marvel Comics has officially canceled the planned Star Wars Shadow of Vader miniseries after uh, a month after firing Chuck Wendig. Uh, he got into a little altercation on Twitter about like some uh, Comicsgate, the hate group. Okay. Uh, like they were they were calling him out, and then he responded, and then Marvel fired him. But anyway, they canceled. Okay. They canceled the uh, Star Wars Shadow of Vader. Okay. Um, then we have, let's see. Oh, Chip Zdarsky and um, let's see. What's the other guy's name? Marco Cicchetto okay. are taking over Daredevil. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, with you know some teaser art from um, Chip Zdarsky. Okay. And the first, uh, actually, so uh, this comes out next year in February. Okay. He's taking over from Charles Soule. Yep. Yes. Okay. And Charles. honestly, that should be very interesting. Charles Soule's been on that book for a while now. 2015. Yeah. Wow. Uh, next, some more Marvel news. Um, so Wolverine and Cyclops are teaming up in a new series called The Last X-Men. Uh, and it's going to be written by uh, Matthew Rosenberg, which he's good. Okay. Uh, Amen. Yeah. That and key art is real bad. Uh, apparently, oh, sorry, it's not what a is? new title. The key art for the Cyclops X-Men uh, Wolverine story? Oh, uh, the yep. the one with Wolverine and Cyclops? Yep. It's Just Salvador La Roca. There's like six <laughs> fingers on the hands and like fingernails on knuckles. Oh, it's, you're right. Oh, this is bad. bad. <laughs> but anyway, sorry, it's not a new title. It starts with uh, Uncanny X-Men number 12 uh, in February. Okay. Um, and it's supposed to be like the last X-Men story or something like that. Anyway, okay. uh, some more – actually, no no more Marvel news. We have uh, some DC news. Uh, Detective Comics number 1000, the creative roster, has been uh, revealed. Um, so let's so – It's Brian Bendis, right? <laughs> Shh, quiet. Uh, Don't you it's dare. It's an oversized issue. Don't you dare. Sorry, I was... <laughs> an original story. Oh, no. Uh, he's writing uh, the Batman story in Walmart. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. It's yeah, featuring an original true. story by uh, Peter J. Tomasi and okay. Doug Mankey. I'm cool with that. Uh, that will bring a new version of the Arkham Knight into main DC continuity. I thought that was just Red Hood, but okay. Um, the... Issue will also include original backup stories from other uh, DC creators like uh, Paul Dini, Neil okay. Adams, Denny O'Neill, and Kelly Jones. Okay. Uh, and then they're going to also release a special edition 80 Years of Batman, you know, like they did for Superman. Kelly Jones is on Catwoman right now, right? No. no. Joel Jones. Ooh. Kelly okay, Jones I heard the is Jones. the guy. My bad. Is the guy that drew Kelly Jones is he's like doing, 30 years older. And he's doing the, the Batman. Sorry. There's a six-part miniseries he's doing right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Batman, I, King, I of Fe- King of Fears, King of Fears. right? Yeah. Okay. And, it's, and it's excellent. Really, it's excellent. And really, if you love that old school '90s Batman, it's yeah, absolutely. I, I really dig his Scarecrow. Oh. His Batman, oh, yeah, it's I'm like Scarecrow. Like, that's cool. Villain, that's right? very nostalgic. Okay. Yeah, he's fantastic. But his I'm Scarecrow is scary. Yeah. You know? No, it's it, and it's a really good story too. I have to say, it's yeah. it's been very very good. Is it in trade yet? No, it's on. I think we're on issue, issue three, three right now. Oh, it's still going. Yeah, it's okay. Cool, cool, cool. It, but, it only started like three months ago. But nice. his artwork in this is, and the coloring too. It's like really got that '90s real dark purples yeah. and blacks and yeah. blues. Oh, and excellent. Okay, really, and it does. Like you said, the scarecrow is, I mean, scary. Yep, one of the scariest I've seen. Yep. Do you have any back issues in that? I do. Oh, wow. Well, well, we might have to have a chat after. Two thumbs up. Yeah. Uh. More DC news. Uh, okay. They're returning. Uh, DC is returning to Apocalypse with Female Furies miniseries. Oh. Uh, so it's going to be called. It's six issues. It's okay. called Female Furies, and it's going to be written by Cecil Castellucci, uh, okay. who did uh, Shade the Changing Girl, which was phenomenal. Okay. And illustrated by Idrana Mello, who did uh, Plastic Man uh, with oh, Gail Simone. Oh, cool, cool. Um, and the story sees Granny lead the Furies in their own bid against Darkseid to rule Apocalypse. Nice. Um, yeah, in a previously unknown chapter of the New Gods history. So okay. that should be uh, good. Um, and the covers are by Mitch Garretts. I don't know if they're all by Mitch Garretts, but a lot of them will be. I uh, will be female, ordering those. Female Furies number one uh, is coming out February 6th. Okay. 
And the last piece of news is we're getting a new lighter uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch miniseries uh, written by Kelly Thompson. Okay. Um, which Kelly Thompson I've always really liked, um, even though like I wish they returned to Chilling Adventures of Sabrina by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, but he's busy working on a show. So anyway, that's a really dark show too. Yeah, yeah. I don't that like that. Salem. Have you read the comic? Hearted stuff. I have not. Does the Salem, comic's more messed up. Does Salem I, not talk in the comic? The no, Salem. he talks. I heard in the show he doesn't talk. Salem doesn't talk. Uh, he does. He doesn't. He doesn't. No. In the show, I He's thought he. I thought he talked to Sabrina. No. Like what? I and heard when someone he was said in his goblin form. Did yeah. he say something? He said something to her. He doesn't talk a lot. I mean, he meows, but I'm pretty sure when they first met, he said something to her. I don't know. But no, no jokes or anything like that. No, no, no. That's it's not like the. Yeah. No. Nickelodeon. Yeah. <laughs> Salem was my dude, man. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this is a five-issue miniseries uh, written okay. by Kelly Thompson and illustrated by Veronica and Andy Fish. Right. Uh, and it's going on sale uh, March 27th of uh, next year. Okay. And that's the news. All right. Uh, we have a lot of questions, actually. Don't yeah. We? Did you want to do those first? I thought we wanted to. Uh, yeah. Review first. Roll with I, it, yeah, Johnny. Yeah. Okay. Roll with it. I thought okay. we wanted to do those at the end, but okay. Do you want to read the review? Do you have it up? I can do that. Yeah. 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 Let's do the review first. All right. So we got a new review from Spaceship Horizons. Ooh. Oh. It says, "Great work. This is a great podcast." Roger, Jonathan, and Johnny often come from three different viewpoints, giving a thorough point of view on everything reviewed from the week or everything reviewed. And the week weekly guest from Horizon Comics clientele makes for a great variety. Parentheses. Full di- full disclosure, I know these guys have been one of the aforementioned guests on multiple occasions. I know this makes my review suspect, but I'd listen to this show even if there were complete strangers. End parentheses. Also, the Multiversity University segment has been wonder, uh, been a wonderful capsule study of the history of mainstream comics. Great work. Larry. Nice. Larry got a shout out. Yeah. Signed, Roger's mom. <laughs> right. <laughs> Roger, did you make a, a review? I did there? not. That is, that is not <laughs> What's me. So again? that was Spaceship Horizons. Really? I know. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm digging the name. Uh, it has nothing to do with me. I can't believe uh, Teresa came up with it herself. That's crazy. So, <laughs> thanks. Uh, keep right. those reviews coming. Absolutely. 100%. And Larry got a shout out. Yeah, Larry needs to get more shout outs. Yes, he does. I'm in your corner. I'm in your corner, Larry. Actually, Larry's sitting in the corner, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now can we do... Yeah. Now can we do questions, John? All right. We can do questions. Okay. Do you have any questions, Matt? I have trivia. All right. All right. Oh, wait, someone in the chat asked, uh, "What is a good comic for a young girl?" Rainbow how, old, how old is she? I DC like, superhero girls. I don't know. Doesn't well, because if it's like an eight-year-old, I don't want to. That was the, like something all the dark. context I had. Um, Rainbow Bright. Okay, mm-hmm. Roger. What do you think? DC superhero girls. Lumberjanes. Teresa. Lumberjanes. Madeline Tony. There you go. Um, depending on how old they are, Unstoppable Wasp. Okay. I was gonna yeah. say yeah. Unstoppable Boss. Yeah. yeah. I mean, did you? I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't. Because you said like young girl. Like I don't want to. I can't recommend anything to an eight year old. These are the questions I have. Yeah. 
All right, wow. moving on. Moving on. Let's do, go. Do you want me to do the questions? Fire. Go All to right. the questions. Oh, we'll do rapid uh, So fire. this one is uh, from a Nick. Uh, I forgot his last name, but his uh, handle is Nick Fridge Mover. Cantrell. Yeah, Cantrell. Thank you. Uh, what super would you be? What superpower would you be least excited to have? <laughs> uh, maggots. Yeah. <laughs> right. Ooh. Wait, which one? <laughs> maggots. maggots. I mean, yeah, you're Ma- not wrong. <laughs> I got one. Uh, gold balls. Uh, no, gold balls is pretty useful. I would be least excited to have oh, that okay. one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. Let's remember. There's well, that was it, like no, that. gold balls is his name. Oh, The okay. guy from uh, <laughs> what, the Deadpool movie. Oh, uh, okay. In the Eggs Force. Which one? Where he, well, all, probably Jeff? all of them, but no, he vomits on uh, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. the acid yeah. vomit. That's pretty gnarly. That's, yeah. She got some Pepto-Bismol. Uh, yeah. yeah, serious acid reflux. There's a lot of bad superpowers. Um, I would be really, like, n- not excited. Um, they came out with a comic, the, the worst X-Men ever. The ability to explode, but only once. One time. And then you're dead? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Next. You didn't answer. Oh, uh, not being able to control teleportation. Oh, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Next, this is from uh, Carlos Lopez. All right. We actually up, got two from him. A double a dose du- of Lowe's. A double dose of Lowe's. Cool. It's With been a while, that sir. Makes me happy. <laughs> With Thanksgiving around the corner, what comic book series are you most thankful for? Ooh. Mr. Miracle. Yeah, wow. I'm super thankful for that book. It's it's I I, mean, I haven't read this issue, but what a great series. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go right now uh, Red Hood and Outlaws. Oh, okay. Nice. Love that. It's been absolutely consistent. Red that's uh Scott uh Lobdell. Lobdell. Yeah. Johnny. Um I'm gonna say the wicked and the divine really yeah honestly okay. like i've been reading that like now i'm caught up i'm just like man this thing's amazing why didn't i like why did i wait so long to you know catch up on it yeah it's great um i would have to say the witching hour i'm really digging nice. the witching hour i know it's a mini series that person was good yeah. yeah 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 matt uh seven to eternity all right all right great series sweet yes. okay moving on uh next question from carlos is what is your favorite stan lee movie cameo uh. Amazing Spider-Man oh. when they're fighting in the library and he has headphones on. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> the one with Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Where, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> I re- yeah, go on. Er, I can't remember them all. Johnny. I think I really like uh, when, uh, I think it's Avengers Age of Ultron, when uh, Thor's like, this drink was not made for mortal men. And then he's like, neither was Omaha Beach. Give that over here, Blondie. That was a good. And then one, he's yeah. like, Excelsior. <laughs> oh, I have one. Yeah. Um, uh, the one in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 where they're going through the space and he's talking to the Watchers. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. he's in a space suit talking to the Watchers. I like, you, the, I like the Thor Ragnarok where he's going to cut the hair. Oh, he's yeah. Like, Not my hair, please. <laughs> <laughs> Hold still, kid. And yeah. he's like, Yeah. I'm not as young as I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. Uh, so there, there's your answers, Carlos. Thank you for sending those in. Uh, to David Arroyo, if you got bit by a radioactive spider, what would you do? <laughs> Probably die. <laughs> like, legitimately. <laughs> That's from David Arroyo? Yeah, that is from David Arroyo. Okay. Uh, well, he's not saying you would die. Or fictionally. He's saying if you became Spider-Man, what would you do? Uh, that's not the question, but okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, no, yeah. 
after going to the urgent care, um, <laughs> the copay is cheaper. Yeah. Um, I, I it's cheapest know. if you just handle it home. Yeah. You know, you lance that stuff, right. it, put on a tourniquet. Yeah. All right. Um, don't, no, don't try to be, that at home. To be <laughs> honest, I wouldn't fight crime. I would be the best Uber Eats delivery that you could think of. Yeah. Because, you know, I need to make side money, man. Yeah. Big tips. Yeah, I wouldn't have to worry about gas. You think, like, Spider-Man would I mean, be rolling in, in, in money, like, you know, right. how quick he can get places. I don't know if I could make web shooters, though. So. Yeah, for sure. And You're then the food smart. would get jumbled. No, I'm not that smart. <laughs> All Let's right. Let's move on. Next, uh, with David Arroyo again. If you could get any piece of original art from all of comics, what would it be? Wow. Ooh. It for me, it definitely has to be a Kirby piece. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Darwin Cook. Oh. Uh I I, I I'm sorry. You didn't he, he just mouthed it. He's fine. Uh, no, no. I think it it for me it has to be a Kirby piece. Uh maybe even something from like his commandy work, because that thing is just Okay. No, you know what? What? His uh new god stuff. Okay. That is like amazing. Who? Like what would you want it to be Orion? You know, dark side. Probably have to be dark side, right? Okay. Don't ask me. Ask yourself. Yeah, it has to be. Okay. I I just uh, any Kirby piece is just like, man. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say probably Amazing Fantasy 15, just because it's yeah iconic, and that is actually Jack Kirby did that. So yeah, just because being the Spider-Man. Did he do the cover? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dick did the entire, but for some reason when. how the story goes is that uh, he did the cover mm-hmm. and Stanley said, no, I like the insides, but this cover just doesn't do it. He went back to Jack and said, right. I believe, which was kind of ironic because Jack actually had the first chance to draw Spider-Man and he, and you couldn't stand he, Stanley didn't like how he drew that, but he loved the cover. Oh, okay. uh, Larry has a question. Larry. No, I have a question. Oh no. Oh, okay. He has a correction. Here's the actual story. All right. Oh, here we go. Larry's going to correct this. Okay. The actual story about the Spider-Man art is that um, after Stan Lee had come up with the concept of Spider-Man, he did ask Jack Kirby to draw the comic as he'd been drawing the others. And the thing is that when he did it, Stan Lee felt that Spider-Man looked too heroic, basically. He wanted him to look more like an everyday guy. And so that's when he went to Steve Ditko to have Steve Ditko do the interior art. And he liked the way that Ditko did it much better than Kirby. But he still loved Kirby's art. And he knew that Kirby would do a great job on the cover. So he still wanted Jack Kirby to do the cover. And so that's how Jack Kirby ended up doing the cover while Steve Ditko actually did the interior art. But wouldn't you love to see the original art with Jack Kirby? Oh, yeah. I would love to see what his, his take of Spider-Man would have been. That would have been cool. Yeah. Um, for me, I don't know. I, I like so many artists um, from from the past, from, from the present, um, and for different reasons. But the, the one name that popped into my head was anything by Art Adams. Okay. In the Marvel Universe, yeah. uh, his level of detail um, is just in his style. Uh, I I love. So he's I done a lot of not, uh, Guardian the, stuff recently. It's yeah. really you, good. you wouldn't want the Miss Marvel number one cover. Um, not not particularly. I mean, I for nostalgia's sake, sure, but it's not. Um, it's not one of. It, for me, it's not the most iconic of covers. Oh, for sure. It's, I mean, it's it's 
good. No, I get it. But um, no, I, I you you hate the cover. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I would I would probably go with Art Adams. Sweet. But then, I, but the, the, there's a laundry list of creators out there. Yeah. Know, that are amazing, and I I would love yeah any of them. Shoot, I like I like the pieces that that we have from Chris Johnson or or Lori or uh, Ray Height or any you know uh, Brian yeah Lopez yeah. you know um, the art I I love the art and, sweet and I have a a pretty broad range of of taste so did you answer Blake no but um, I would have to say uh, Michael Turner. He uh, oh. he does my favorite depiction of Supergirl. Okay. He draws beautiful, beautiful women. He just has this way. I just love Michael Turner's Supergirl. Sweet. It's my favorite depiction of Supergirl. Okay. Yeah. All right. This one is uh, from Captain Cosmic, which I believe is Ian Robbins. Nice. Um, and his question is, thoughts on Sadarsky writing Daredevil? Stoked. Especially with Chichetto on art. Matt. Comment down. Stoked. <laughs> I sent a group text to everyone. Matt, please sit and down. Blake was like, no one cares. No, got no really one cares. Deflated. No one cares. <laughs> uh, no, I'm very excited for this run. I'm actually wondering like how he's going to approach it because like Sadarsky writes, you know, he could either be writing uh, two in one or he could be writing, uh, you know, Howard the Duck. Yeah. Or yeah. Sp- and I'm just like, where is he going to take it? The issues I read of Howard the Duck, I enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. He's a really good writer. Yeah, he's he's very good at, um, you know, Daredevil's a ground uh, a grounded superhero. Right, that's and what I, I mean, like. He, it, Daredevil doesn't have to be dark to work. I mean, look at Mark Wade's run; like it, it was kind of the yeah. opposite. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm not the biggest fan of Daredevil. Okay, so I don't I don't care as much, and it it, it amazes me how many uh, truly great runs. Have been done on Daredevil oh. probably more than any other book. Oh, absolutely, Frank, Frank Miller, Miller absolutely. Uh, Bendis, Brian Bendis, Bendis Mark Wade, Ed Brubaker, all these guys who have you know seminal runs on you know for this one character and and they're great. But it's like okay, that's setting the pr- the bar pretty high for whoever's coming in. And I I mean. Soul, Soul is supposed to have had yeah. a pretty good run yeah. on it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's pretty not great, it, but it's really good. Um, so, I don't know. I think the bar set pretty high. Uh, it's like when there have been so many epic Daredevil stories told, how are you going to measure up to that? Um, and so, I'm I'm curious. Uh, hats off to him for taking it on. I, he's capable of doing it. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, is that? Did you do yours? No. Sure. I, oh, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I, I like Chip Darcy's writing. Um, I kind of wish they wouldn't have gone straight from the end. Of, they end it. Now they're doing a, like a six-part miniseries and then straight into a new comic again. Right. Yeah. I, it, the the regurgitation is so fast all the t- all the time that nothing matters anymore. And the, the, like this, like really brought it to my attention even faster. All of a sudden, it's like yeah. Because I just I just saw where they were soliciting the six-part miniseries where he you know he dies. Now he's coming back. Yeah. Now they're going to start another series again. Yeah. And it's all, I mean, not even a break this time. It's just bam, right. bam, bam. Yeah. And I, I'd have been a little more excited if it would have been a summer thing, maybe, or right. even if the fall. Yeah. But to go just that fast, yeah. I, I think it takes a little away from it, maybe. Right. But the creative team's great, so I'll, I'll still read it. Yeah. yeah. 
And I, I, give I, a chance. They're doing a Marvel Knights too. On yes. top of that, Roger reviewed that. Yeah. Donny Cates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, uh, we have two more questions, so let's get through these. All right, quickly. we got uh, a lot of questions. This is from YGTT YGTP. Hey, Dave. W- w- <laughs> yeah, it's Dave. It's some sort of Transformers thing, I think. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> it is. Uh, what is the series you're excited about that is coming out or relaunching? Uh, Comics-wise, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, dude. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> what kind of podcast are we? I don't know. We could be. T- we talk about TV shows sometimes. <laughs> All right. Do you want to go first? No, I haven't. I, I'm looking for something. Okay. I personally haven't read Magic Order yet, and the trade comes out soon, so I'm stoked on that. Okay. Uh, Mark Miller and Koypel. Right. It's a good team, man. <laughs> I'm pulling it. I haven't caught up on it yet. Can't wait to read it. Yeah. yeah. It's good? It's good. Roger? Probably, um, I'm going to go with Hard Case by Mark Silvestri and um, Robert Kirkman. I don't oh. think they're writing it, but they're the the um, they're credited for the story creation. So Sylvester's writing again with uh, Robert nice. Hurtman, or at least they they devised the story. He's one of the founding I'm not members. Sure who's right? writing it? Yeah, of Image. Okay. Yeah, he's the CEO. Nice. Do you think that Batman series that he has tossed out there and teased for like three or four years is yeah, ever going to come out? Yeah. Because <laughs> no. if you you've seen it, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, it looks yeah. beyond phenomenal. What, I, I, what, what is the tease? What is the tease? He has for like two years been yeah. showing little snippets yeah. of this series. Supposedly he's going to write about Batman. Okay, and it's supposed to be his own. You know, like say six part. He's very vague about it. Right. But right, all of right. a sudden he'll show you a picture of Gotham that will blow your mind. I mean, it's Mark Sylvester. It's just yeah, 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 it yeah. is incredible. Yeah. And he goes coming soon. And then about six months <laughs> later, you get a coming soon another picture. What does yeah. coming soon mean? I, I, it, it means hopefully in my lifetime. <laughs> wow, man. I love Sylvester. <laughs> I do. Oh, I do. I, <laughs> do you have that, a? Is that the the, yeah. the comic? Was that your comic? No, um, I, I, for me, I I'm actually I'm, I'm uh, very excited for Shazam. Oh, uh, oh, Jeff, Jeff good oh, you're right. And I just yeah. oh, getting Jeff Johns back writing yeah. series. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I'm I, I agree with the, you, especially with the movie coming out. It's oh, yeah. timing and. Honestly, yeah. like I'm, I've gotten like all the things that I wanted back. I got it. I got Iceman. I got uh, Unstoppable Wasp. So right. I'm just like I'm good. <laughs> Is it? Um, I think my other one would have to be. I think Jeff Johns is writing the Three Joker thing, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm most excited for that to see what he does with it. You know? Yeah, to see what anybody would do with that. Don't be mean. I mean, don't be deadly mean, duo. Johnny. What's, yeah. what's uh, Batman Joker series? What's, yeah. what's the last question? All right, this one is from Armantrout Pipes. All Na- right. Nathan Armantrout. Okay. Uh, which superhero embodies the principle or principles you personally hold most dear? Oh. One more time. What was the question? Uh, which superhero embodies the principle or principles you personally hold most dear? Wonder Woman. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck, guys. Oh. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay. Um, I'm gonna. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll be I'll be Jonathan. I'm gonna say Superman. You're gonna say Superman? Yeah, dude. Because like, there's. I always go back to it. Um, it's it's one of my favorite pages in all of comics. It's uh, I believe it's from All Star Superman. Um, it's when you know things are kind of going crazy and he's out you know saving the world and everything, and then he has enough time to. Um, 
go to the top of a building and stop like this very like uh, emotionally distraught girl from you know uh, committing suicide and he like says like hey your therapist really did get caught up like don't worry you're you're gonna be okay and that to me is just like man that is what superman needs to be mm-hmm. is like a hero for the people and 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 caring and and loving and uh i love that page i absolutely love it jonathan is rolling a tear right now <laughs> yeah, i don't and think he's I like don't... he picks superman <laughs> he's on yeah. my team he's like oh Rod- um, well yeah. roger picked wonder woman I got to go back. It's either going to be Peter Parker, of course, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, when I was growing up a kid, I mean, he, he almost molded me. I mean, those issues did, yeah. away, you know, always trying to do what's right and uh, right. always helping the little guy in the struggles and stuff. But, uh, yeah, definitely him, without a doubt. Um, I think for me... It'd have to be Deadpool because he appreciates <laughs> the small things in life. You know what I mean? He's never, he's always in the mood for a chimichanga. And I appreciate that. You know what I mean? You do love some tortilla grill. I do. I do. <laughs> and you know how like, you know, people are like, maybe you shouldn't have said that joke. Deadpool's like, I'm going to say it, you know? So I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Deadpool all the way. How's that Detective Pikachu trailer though? <laughs> Man. It really good. Uh, well, dude, I don't know why they're they're choosing to do Detective Pokemon instead of just doing an actual Pokemon movie. It looks so okay. good. Anyway, all right. Was uh, was that our last question? Yeah. Okay. Thank you everybody for sending in. Uh, literally, I think it was nine questions. Yep, nine questions. Nice. Let's keep upping those numbers. Next week, let's make it twenty. <laughs> sure, definitely. Right, Roger? Because you sure. want to be here longer. Okay. Uh, do we want to re- move on to lightning rounds or whatever, however <laughs> what lightning sounds that? like? Lightning round sizzle now? <laughs> Is that what we're doing? Or like, <laughs> maybe you could add a sound effect of lightning. <laughs> All of a sudden <laughs> lightning sound like bacon. <laughs> yeah, like someone's in the back with a pan going, <laughs> or whatever. Sizzling. Yeah. The bacon round. <laughs> bacon round? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll sizzle it up. Okay, sizzle it up. <laughs> New bacon round. Uh, we're doing bacon rounds. All right, rounds. so... Um, I wasn't sure what I wanted to talk about, but I always talk about comics in um, the lightning round and why should that change. Okay. Uh, I'm going to talk about Uncanny X-Men number one that just came out. Okay. Uh, it's great. It's uh, I typically don't like X-Men, um, famously on this podcast. Um, but this one is written by Matthew Rosenberg, and I forget the artist, and I'm very, I apologize for that. But this is just a kind of a great X-Men story. It's just a great superhero story, uh, and I would recommend it to any X-Men fan. I think it's kind of expensive, though. It's I, 80 bu- What is it? A buck every 10 pages? It's $8? 80? Yeah. I spent $8 on that? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but, Ma- yeah, Matthew. Yeah, it took me a while to read. Right. But uh, it's really, really good. Matthew Rosenberg hasn't done me wrong uh, as of yet. His dialogue's fantastic. Someone just found a lightning effect. Is that what I heard right now? <laughs> I'm hungry. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Roger, do you want to go next? No, no, because now all I can think about is Uncanny X Men. I actually, I actually read that book and I chose not to review it. And it's not, you know, it got a lot of hate online this week. So I was surprised that that um, Johnny was. There are a lot of haters, um, and I, I basically didn't want to talk about it because I don't. Um, I don't understand the story thus far. There's some. It's a it's an okay book 
it's good. I have a problem with it being eight dollars. Definitely. Forty percent of the book is um, an introductory story that kind of, you know, introduces this mystery and drops apocalypse in your lap, um, which is, I mean, who doesn't like that? That's cool. But then the last sixty percent of the book is uh, is um, stories with with Bishop and Anil and uh, Armor and you know these guys that you don't know you don't know whether or not those stories tie into to the main part of this you know the the first story yeah or not it, it's just it's unclear I think it did it it was an awkward book in setting up the the story that you're going to read you you kind of don't i mean there's some very cool stuff in it you know there's I, I i i'm kind of a fan of jamie madrix um and so a lot of the stuff that was going on uh with him at, at the beginning of the story i you know i thought that was kind of cool um the the plotting and pacing i thought were pretty good but at the end of the comic, I'm way past a minute. <laughs> Keep going. I'm way this past is beautiful. At Keep the going. end of the comic, I was left like, "What's going on?" You know, and maybe, maybe they, maybe they want that. I don't maybe know. Any, it's weekly, right? I don't. Uh, come, it is weekly. Yeah, weekly. Yeah, for a yeah. bit. For I think like yeah. eight issues. I don't know anything about X Men, so I would have been lost either way. <laughs> yeah, but each issue isn't going to be eighty pages, is it? No, no, no. no. okay. No, but but they have. No. They just announced they're going to add two more to this now. It's going to be. Tw- oh. It was going to be ten now, eleven or twelve already. Yeah. So. so I'm 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 really curious. We'll see. Mr. Bobby. Well, leading into what you guys both said, the seven ninety nine. That's what I want to talk about. Yeah. Today I, I look and they got a seven ninety nine X Men, a five ninety nine Avengers. They just said that that uh, the new Fantastic Four is coming out has has been raised up to seven ninety nine. Oh, for the, number five. Yeah, the, for the wedding. For the they, wedding. They've added more pages, and we all know what the extra pages is. Usually, it's filler. We're paying a lot. You know, everybody says, well, you're getting 64 pages. No, I'm getting 32 pages of comic and a lot of fluff. Yeah. And it's not, it, you know, when you start, we're getting to the point where we're almost getting a trade value at one comic. I mean, we always talk about how we need to get more people into this into this area. When I was buying comics at the beginning, it was 35 cents. Now they're seven ninety nine. I mean, how do you take how does a, a, a young family and a kid just got through watching the Hulk or or Captain America whatever and he wants to come in the comic book store and his dad is staring at a nine dollar comic. Yeah. How and then you tell him, oh by the way, you can buy one every month. And that guy's head expand it's every week. Yes. And you know, so, yeah. I just wish Mar especially Marvel's been really bad about it lately. I wish that they could they would take a step back and try to bring a little more value and, and a little more accessibility to the this this genre that we love so much and we want more people in, not less. Right. Uh, I don't want to be a rich boys club, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's becoming that way. Thirty five cents. You you were buying comics when they yeah. were thirty five cents. Yeah, I can remember. I used to write down. I'd mow a lawn for five dollars, and I could literally have a bag of comics. When I'd go to the uh, spinner rack at the Seven Eleven, and I would just start pulling every everything. And you. you know, a couple days later, mowing on the lawn and right back there buying it. And I mean, a stack of comics is big. Wow. Now, I couldn't even buy one. Yeah. I, I, I'd have to ask Roger for it, you know, a huge discount, huge discount <laughs> just to get an X-Men comic. I remember buying comics when they were one i I'm like, wow, that's cheap. But, yeah. like, Roger, how old were you? when you? How much were they when you were buying them? 25 cents. Oh, a quarter. Off the, yeah. A dollar could the, buy you right. four. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who, who had a dollar? Larry, yeah, for Larry, it was 12 cents. 
Mine was three ninety nine. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was like last year, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is something I the, the, okay. I, I'm I'm not gonna go down this rabbit hole, but I wanna I wanna give the listeners and you guys something to think about um, because it just popped in my head when you were talking about the um, the price of comics, and I'm curious. You know, it, you know, there's there's a real possibility that in the not too distant future we could have digital only comics and i'm yeah that there's no print comics i think it, i think it's a possibility and i'm curious what would happen to the prices if comics were digital only and i mean i think that the answer to that is that they would drop below a dollar or do you think they'll because just the prices of the comics prop up diamond comics and retail shops if we were selling comics at 50 cents or a dollar we wouldn't stay in business but do you think it would do that or do you think as marvel's already got their unlimited dc is putting their toes into it or do you think it, at that point it would just go to a subscription like netflix type thing because it could, if, it could very well be at a, low a, a dollar. You might as well just thing. go to nine nine, you know, nine yeah. nine a month. Because what at that point it's so minimal, and it is digital. Yeah. And maybe you won't get as many. Now all of a sudden, instead of Marvel doing ninety comics a month, maybe you'll get twelve or fifteen. Right. But you're getting unlimited. Right. Yeah. I, th- I think that it would probably be a tiered system where they would be individually priced, but then you could have a subscription that would give you all access. Yeah. I don't yeah. think we're gonna get that anytime soon um, because I mean the thing is like digital is growing but it's not at the point where um, it's a I mean it is a threat but yeah the, the thing about uh, retailers is like they they have the industry like you know they still control most of the industry that's why you don't see uh, <laughs> issues Wait, I, I'm in control well, <laughs> maybe not you per se um, but that's that's the thing maybe that's why we don't see new comic new digital comics discounted uh, like the first day that they come out because um, you know retailers would obviously make a big right. deal out yeah, of it yeah but everything I read is that for the last two years digital has not only gotten flat but they're actually declining so it's not actually I've, becoming. I've heard some of that too. Yeah, so it's. I don't I, believe. I, I don't believe that it because you read. Have you read digital comics? You, you have. You I, have, I do have not you tried? Like, have you tried? I have, yeah, I have and I do not. Like and that. that's my point. Yeah. There, this is tangible. Yeah. This is something that when you're holding and reading, you feel a part of. When it's in front of your screen and you're going and you click and it gives you part of it and cuts part of it out, you're not in the comic anymore. You you've right. kind of you've lost so much to it. And I think you, it would be the death of it without it without the retail shop. I think it'd be the death of comics. I don't think enough people would read digital. I just I just don't. I don't think you could support it and have enough people to make it viable. I think you might yeah. have a service with where the comics are now just done and now you can go back and read all the back catalogs. But you're not going to have all these very very expensive artists and 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 writers. Right. At, at a dollar a piece or 75 cents a piece yeah. or ten dollars unlimited well it, it, it most likely it would go to a um an original graphic novel uh format where because you're still going to have image comics is still going to be creating uh graphic story you know uh, that will be later told in movies on netflix or um amazon or whatever i mean you're still the medium will stay will stay alive but yeah 
delivering that medium to the to the consuming public. Yeah, I don't know what form it would take. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. Some, somewhere along the same lines. Yeah. I think all of us somewhere in the back of our mind know says okay, you know, three ninety nine is the line, or four ninety nine is the line, five ninety nine is the line. What is our standard comic that you pick up every week, thirty two page comic? What is your line? At what point if tomorrow morning? Marvel says six ninety nine for starting tomorrow. Every comic. I'm not gonna be reading Marvel. Yeah. I mean, where what 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 is your what is your point? Do you guys think? I would I mean, say three ninety nine is so right now is it because you know Marvel yeah. is doing everything they can to go to four ninety nine. You can see yeah. it, but with all these for, for number one issues four ninety nine five ninety nine. You know, we're, we're now they're only number fives and sevens are doing seven ninety nine yeah. comics. So, you know, they're. They're, they're trying to get us to a point where we're going, wow, four ninety nine, how cheap? Because I just right. paid $7 last week. Because when it gets up to $8 and $9, you can go on Amazon or come to Roger and get like a full image graphic yes. novel for that, and you have five issues right there. Like, yeah. that's ridiculous. So I just wonder, I mean, because I, I, I've, yeah. I've been, I've been th- really thinking about that lately. Yeah. Is, you know, where, is this it? Is three ninety nine it? Because I know I said the same thing with two ninety nine. Right. And I'm buying. Yeah. Just, I'm still, you know, still buying them. So what? I mean, I just keep wondering because I, I know for a fact I'm, I'm for a regular comic. I'm not. I'm not gonna buy five right. dollar comics. I'm not. I, I, I can't. When, when it comes and when it comes to digital, I get the convenience of it, the space, or like if you're at work and you're trying to like read it on your computer in between something or something like that. That's cool. But w- at the end of the day, comics is an art form. And I like what you said about it being tangible, like have something tangible in your hand. Like I could have a Picasso in my house and that would be amazing. And then someone goes, oh, I'm on Google and I'm looking at the image. Two different experiences. Absolutely. Why do people still go to art galleries? You know what I mean? Because it's tangible. It's something there. You saw someone actually make that with their own hands. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Yeah. But um, sorry, we uh, spun off into that. So, uh, having got our uh, rants and whatnot out of the way, let's move on to our review of our graphic novel this week. And that is going to be Northlanders. Did you pick this, Bobby? Yeah. Yes. Sweet. Did you want to pitch it, sir? Wow. You know, that's a, I thought about this a lot. Right. And the only way I can... Well, I wouldn't say in fairness, I suggested this. He did, he did. <laughs> was it, he did. It was because uh, Bobby had suggested um, a lot of great books, Why the Last Man, um, uh, Hellboy, Seed of Destruction, uh, which we had already done. I think, I, I can't remember, did we do Why the Last Man? No. No, we haven't done Why the Last Man. Okay. Um, yeah, Scalped. There was quite a few of them. Scalped. Ooh, yeah, there were we need to do Scalped. <laughs> All right, do that. But, um, you had to bring me back for that one. I was like, I, I had wanted to read this it's sad that i uh, i didn't finish it i'm i'm a little over halfway through but um i was like i want to read this have you ever read this he's like no i'm down so anyway go ahead no it's a it's a it's a it's, it's hard for me to describe other than the fact that it's about basically about they call themselves you know they call themselves northlanders but basically it's at times of saxons and vikings uh uh yeah first century type so basically conquering of lands conquering of people and how they struggle with that how they fight it back and some of the stories actually how they invade right and that's and i think one one of the things that surprised you and i both uh bobby was that this is actually an anthology of stories that don't um whether they're because i think the first issue is a standalone story you know about this kid who you know, uh, wants to, 
he wants to live up to his dad, but he hates his dad at the same time. And then he tells this invading army where to find his dad. <laughs> and it's like, just dude, take, just take me with you. Yeah, as long as I can go with you. And I was like, you know, the, the interesting story. But um, and then some of the uh, some of the stories are like three issues long or or five issues long. Maybe there's one of them or just one. Yeah. Um, but it really, I like the way that Brian Wood set the tone of that era for you, and and also the the artist. Um, who's the artist? Well, actually, it's several artists, right? Yeah, it's uh, David Gianfelice, Marian Churchland, and Ryan Kelly. Okay. Um, but it really, I don't know. I think uh, I, I'm, I'm not a, a, a real history buff of any kind, but I think that it, to me, it seemed to kind of depict an accurate mood for the times, very barbaric. Yeah. I think the art, the art was very good for the – for the for what that was being written about, I yeah. think it was very gritty, very dark, um, and being that it wasn't you know for, you know from back in that time, you know the people weren't pretty, things weren't glossy, yeah. you know everything. So I I, I liked the little bit of the roughness to it. Yeah, um, I, the coloring was great. Oh yeah, I yeah. thought I thought a little. It, I thought sometimes when he when he was writing, he was writing from now. I, I could hear him and write stuff, and you could literally go, that's to, yeah. it would no way be saying the words, even the cuss words. Some of the cuss words right. were so out of where they would be back then. It was right. kind of, and, and some of the times when he was writing, I thought he was just a little lazy writing at times. I think some of the stuff he did was a little, was a little lazy, but the story never got, never, it never suffered for it. Right. I mean, the story was very consistent throughout. It's hard when it comes to that because I, I feel like he's doing that so he can pull in, you know, a normal reader that someone that's not going to want to have to go look it up or something like that. But I, I could see where you mean how it could be lazy writing. I mean, if, if you, it, well, if he writes this like with uh, language, uh, you know, appropriate to that time, I think it would be impenetrable. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. it, like, I don't think it, yeah. you would be able to read it, which like, I, I get the complaints about like, um, you know, using curse word, like modern language, but I think right. it's, necessary in this type of story like especially for like new readers because i mean right. you you look at like let's say shakespeare plays and y the way that you read them now you're they're still kind of like hard to understand but if you read them how they were originally written you're like i don't know what is what is what are these words without a translation right yeah. um i just got this book uh yesterday um so i didn't read a lot. Maybe I got a quarter in. This book's rad as hell. <laughs> it, man. Watch your language, son. <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> the, uh, I enjoyed um, all that I read up to like a quarter of the way through. Um, it's just, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. It, the, the the writing, the the, the dialogue, it just feels, uh, it feels good. Uh, and I think um, Brian Wood just. Kind of like understands this this period, uh, this what is it, Anglo-Saxon period? Yeah. yeah. Um, and honestly, like I really enjoyed it for uh, like up to the point where I read, I stopped. <laughs> I well, I like it. Mm -hmm. I, I like his depiction of this period in time. But like I said, I'm I'm not I'm not a history buff. I I can't say whether this is accurate or not. The one the one story that really makes me call it into question is where you have 
these three uh, Viking women, women. Yeah. In, shield in this, yeah, the shield yeah. maiden story, yeah. where they're in this castle and they're holding off, uh, you know, literally dozens of of uh, well seasoned warriors, well seasoned, yeah, battle hardened, right, and they keep and they just it's keep cutting them down. them down, yeah, and I'm like, oh, no offense, ladies, but for the time period, I don't know and that's where i think that where where you said it seemed like he was writing for today yeah you know making making some kind of um you know allegory for modern times you know for this period i think maybe so because i don't you know it seemed a little bit out of sorts but i thought it was pretty and it's good storytelling yeah i love i loved everything about it except that a few of the because i've read i actually read through it twice wow and (laughs) I felt like a few of the stories just abruptly stopped. Right. Yeah. I, I turned the next page and it was another story, and I kept going, but I want more. I, I, it's, right. it's not done. And so, I, first thing I when I came into Roger, I'm like, is book two, book three, is this, does it keep going? I mean, where, where, yeah. because it just stops. That's the problem with the anthology. And it, so, it well, and in this it, one in particular, what they are? too, I think for yeah. these. Well, this was an ongoing series mm-hmm. in comic form originally, but for these uh, iterations, which I mean, these are big, big books. Um, but my understanding is is that they repackaged these stories to, they pulled out the the comics from the ongoing series, the the story arcs that dealt with the different, like the Anglo-Saxon period, the yeah, Icelandic series. Yeah. Uh, saga the european saga that it doesn't it's not in order yeah so that's going to make it seem i think a little weird as far as disjointed um, continuity yeah Yeah. is that did they i mean why would they do that though i I think they just wanted it to like this book book one to encompass the anglo-saxon saga and okay because this one collects issues one through 16 and then 18 through 19 so it skips 17 and then it collects issue 41, which, you know, they skip like 30, okay. 20 issues. So right. the next book would So that make one's up mostly that in order. Issue, right? Well, I, actually, the second one, it goes way further into the issues. And weird. then the third really? one comes back to them, which is really weird. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> That's weird. Okay. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure when he was, it was coming out in print, he wanted to just tell, like, little singular stories. And then for the collected edition, they're like, we need, a, we need it to make sense. Uh, well, although it sometimes it doesn't, I think that right. was your point. Yeah. It, it, it either stops abruptly or, you know, it, like the story, the first comic in the in the series, they never. I, I, because I, I asked you before the show, do they ever come back to that kid who right. you know uh, betrayed his father and uncle? And you're like, nope. And it's like, okay. I know it. I almost wonder if, you know, a lot of times comics read better in trade because you get a whole group at one time yeah i'm wondering if this is one of those rare times when singles are better than the trade because you're getting them you get a full story arc right i'm yeah i i would i would i would think that that's probably the case with this yeah which is pretty rare yeah still still great though i did yeah absolutely loved it yeah (laughs) i love the art yeah yeah i really do the greediness of it's it really and everything. Strong, yeah. yeah, even that that first arc where he's showing him, uh, 
he's getting his father's getting mad at him because of the rusted sword the way they did the rust effects yeah. and everything like that like little details like that i thought were pulled off really well yeah uh, yeah i like the story t- towards the end with the crow and i just loved how he, the the crow was always following him yeah he even warned him and i love some of the imagery of it right of that crow. it was absolutely fantastic it i think made you really religion right yes. yeah, yeah. It really made you believe it almost for you know. that's cool what would you rate this I'd go, uh, I'll go 4.5. Nice. Yeah. Um, it's four stars for me, and I still, I mean, I still have to finish it. Um, I, I think the storytelling is strong. The art is, is absolutely superb. And if you like Vikings, you definitely want to pick it up. It's just, it's kind of cool. I'm going to go with four, too. I get it. It's, it's the disjointedness of it, yeah, but. Maybe four or two. Oh, yeah. Four. Oh, sorry. I'm going to say four as well. Is that better for you, Johnny? <laughs> so I'm going to give it a four. Okay. If you had been able to finish it, what do you think? From uh, what you read. From what, what I read, I, like I said, I read a quarter of it. Um, it's a big book. Yeah. Uh, I just got it yesterday. Um, I would give it a four and a half. Nice. Uh, I really enjoyed what I read of it. Are uh, you going to buy it? No. You're going to get it digitally? No. Okay. That's no buying <laughs> Yeah. All right. So, yeah, let's see. Are you ready for trivia? All right. Stump us, sir. I want you to stump us. All right. So, if you know the name of the game, is trivia. Uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna ask a question. I'm gonna give you four multiple choice possibilities. If you want to send in a question to stump the panelists, you can send it to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com. And please send me a question for multiple choice answers. And please note the correct answers so I don't have to do any Googling. All right. So this question today comes from Bryce. So everybody ready? Blake, I think you're going to know this one, so you're going to go last. Okay. So the question is, the DC rogue villain, Trickster, is missing his right arm. How did he lose it? It is A, lost it to the Joker on a bet. B, Captain Cold's freeze gun misfired and damaged Trickster's arm? C, Grodd pulled it off, or D, a motorcycle accident? Does anyone think they know it? No, Dave, you're not playing. <laughs> or does anyone want to go first or think they know it? No? What are we doing here? I, I have an answer. Okay, Roger, what I do you loved, think it is? I loved A. A, the joke, you lost to a bet lost, with the Joker. Lost it to the Joker in a bet. I love that answer. Whether okay. Regardless of what the real answer is, I so, love so that. So you're not one. playing to win. You're, you're playing just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What was B again? B was Captain Colt's freeze gun misfired and damaged his arm. Yes. Okay. B. Bobby? Uh, I'm going to go with C. I just C. Love, I just love that one. Grod Gorilla Grodd. Okay. Yeah. And Johnny? Uh, well, I want to go... D, but I think I'm going to go A. <laughs> because we all said, he yeah. said A, B, C, D. Yeah. So you're going A, Joker? Yeah, I'll go with Joker. All right, That's man. silly. <laughs> you guys are terrible at this game. It's actually C. Grodd pulled it off. Hey. Nice. <laughs> Way to go, Bobby. Good go on luck. Bobby's yeah. on the board. Bobby's on the board. So thanks, Bryce, for that question. Um, Everybody loves gorillas. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> the, he got you guys. Man, we everyone's been getting stumping you guys. You, well, when he's asking man. questions like that, how, how well, does anybody expect Blake has, that? has the whole entire flash run that That's that came true. from. That's true. That's why, true. Didn't you, why did you get this wrong? I don't know. I didn't have enough vitamins today. Yeah. Would you like me to say it, Johnny? I, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> I'm honestly. sorry, so, bud. Uh, thanks I'm again. Sorry. If you want to send in a question to stump the panel, send me a question at contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com uh, for multiple choice answers, and please note the correct one. All righty. It is final order cutoff time. 
Uh, this is for 11.26 for the 12.19 release. Uh, coming out, number one, Dismantlers. Uh, that's from Black Mass Comics. Um, it's writer Aria Bassi or Bachi? What does it say? Is it Bachi? Bachi. Bachi. And we have Billionaire Killers, number one. Okay. Black Mass Comics, Manio Pozzolo. Uh, sorry Mateo. if I'm mispronouncing these. Mateo. Mateo. That, that oh, is wow. Mateo. Yeah, it is. Uh, we also have Witcher, number one. Witcher. Of Yeah, the Witcher. Yeah. Are you thinking about picking it up? Okay. Oh, okay. Witcher number one of Flesh and Flame. Ooh. Dark Horse Comics. It looks like Alexandra Mat- Mati? Mati? I feel like you just put these books because they <laughs> the creators have weird names and you wanted to see Blake yeah. mess up. Stumble. Everyone knows I'm going to public school. Um, all right. So Betty and Veronica number one of five. This looks like it's a miniseries. By <laughs> what gave that away? Archie, <laughs> Archie Comic five. Publications. Uh, we have writer Jamie L. Rontante. Did I say that right? Uh-huh, sure. Right, thank you, thank you. Uh, Batman and the Outsiders number one. Wait a minute, is this a reprint? Hold up. Writer Brian Hill. Uh, no, no, this is Batman an old. Outsiders this was from like the nineties, I yes. think, right? Yeah. Is this this is a reprint, right? No, 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 no. It's a new. It, no, it's, it's a new. Se- they're bringing yeah. it back. Yeah, they were. They've been bringing them back in Detective for a while. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, no. no, it looks like it's a new ongoing series. Yep. Yeah, Brian Hill's going to be writing it, which means it could be good. Yeah, um, that's really cool. Next up, we have uh, Klaus and Crying Snowman, or sorry, Claus and and Crying Snowman number one. Boom Studios. Grant Morrison's writing this. That's his. Uh, uh, what is that like? Viking Santa Claus series. Yes. Yeah. Klaus. yeah nice. Um, next up, we have Freedom Fighters, number one of 12. That's going to be a maxi series. No, no, wait. That's a maxi series, right? Yeah. Maxi? Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, Robert Venditti. Woo! Or Venditti. My bad. Eddie. Ooh. Eddie Morrows. There we go. I did. I did. Next up, we have Livewire, number one by... Valiant. See. Valiant. And then it's Vita Ayala. Ayala? Ayala. I'm trying to get it right. And then... Last but not least, we have Hardcore Number One. That's going to be for you, Johnny. Yep. Uh, Image Comics. Ooh, Andy Diggle. Andy Diggle's cool. And that's going to be it, guys. Try and get those in soon for the twelve nineteen release. Final order cutoff is the Monday after Thanksgiving. If uh, any of those titles sound like something you want to add to your poll, let me know. All right. Well, um, speaking of which, yes, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Do you want to talk about uh, the Thanksgiving week? How we're not having an episode? <laughs> you just said it right there. <laughs> Covers it. Do you want to elaborate on it? I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't you say you had something else to say about it? No. Okay. Yeah, not, next next no, Friday, no. Uh, we will not have a show. Next yeah. week, yeah. Uh, we want to wish all of you and, and your families a happy Thanksgiving. And a safe Thanksgiving. Um, and, but we will be back the, the week after Thanksgiving with more new content for you. Just no one wants to do a show on Black Friday, so that's just not going to happen. Matt doesn't want to do the show on <laughs> yes, Black Friday because he has yourself, to go get. No, the double size show hey. is this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, if you uh, want to run everything, you're more than welcome to. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right, let's go. You just have to hook it up and push go, and that's it. Uh, <laughs> 
If we want to keep up with all things Johnny Morales, where do we go to? You can follow me everywhere at the Johnny Two X Four. Mr. Roger. At Horizon Comics. Jonathan always does that for me. I'm sorry. I don't. Yeah, I like. Okay. I like hearing you say it. You have that I'm southern at twang. At Horizon Comics. Okay. Mr. Bobby. Uh, Jedi Knight Bobby on just about everything. Nice. Wow. Mr. Matt, so you don't feel left out? The Hydra 5-5, five five, that's me. Yep. Um, I'm at the Radical Swat Cat on Twitter, guys, if you ever want to. No, I was saying it wrong. Remember, I thought it was Swat Cat 86, but it was Radical Swat Cat because, you know. Um, I appreciate you guys putting up with me, and I hope you guys have a very happy Thanksgiving. We love you all. This is Horizon Comics signing out at the All-Star Comics Podcast. I messed it up. Hit stop. Just please. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Multiversity University. This is Larry, your host. And uh, tonight we're going to take a break from uh, what we've been talking about, the history of the Silver Age. Uh, I don't know when, of course, you're going to be listening to this, but we're actually recording this on Friday, November 16th, just four days after Stanley's passing. And of course, there's no way that we could go without acknowledging that uh, Stan Lee was uh, obviously one of the greatest creators in the history of comics. Um, somebody could probably make a really good argument that he was the greatest creator in the history of comics. Uh, certainly, he had a huge influence on the business. And... The other thing about Stanley's passing is that not only is it sad, obviously, uh, because of that, although obviously it wasn't a big surprise. He was 95 years old, had not been in good health for the last several months, and his wife had passed away last year. Uh, statistically, men whose wives pass away uh, don't survive much longer after that. Uh, so uh, he went a little over a year, which is actually pretty good for that age. But the, the thing about losing Stan Lee is that, as far as I can tell, he is our last living link to the Golden Age. Um, I can't be sure that there are no other Golden Age creators still left alive, but the other night I went through a list of uh, almost 200 of the creators of the Golden Age, and every single one of them has passed away. And it wouldn't surprise me if Stan Lee was the last one left alive, because after all, he started at a very young age. He was only 17 when he first started in the business, so it would be very unusual if someone had actually survived him. But we're going to spend our next couple of episodes just doing a retrospective on Stan Lee and on his very eventful career in comic books. Stan Lee, of course, as many people know, was born Stanley Martin Lieber. He was born on December 28, 1922, in New York City. As with so many of our early comic book creators, he was the son of Jewish immigrants. His parents were actually originally from Romania. And he did have a brother, Larry Lieber, uh, who actually joined with him and uh, began writing comics with him during the Silver Age. 
Uh, now, the family, as was the case, again, with so many of these creators that we saw at that time, was very poor. Uh, the family actually lived in a one-bedroom apartment. Uh, the boys, Stan and Larry, actually shared a bedroom, and the parents slept on a sleeper sofa. Uh, so uh, so didn't have a lot of money, as we, we've heard many times before with uh, people at this time. Uh, he attended, interestingly, De DeWitt Clinton High School in the Bronx. Uh, we've heard that name before. A lot of our early Golden Age creators actually attended DeWitt Clinton High School, people like Joe Simon and Jack Kirby and a number of others. So uh, that seems to have been a real hotbed of comic book creativity. At least it was a hotbed for people that later would go on to be major creators in the comic book business. Uh, Stan Lee was a pretty smart kid. He was smart enough that he actually graduated from high school at the age of 16 and began looking for work. He was very interested in writing. And uh, so when he got a chance to go to work for Timely Comics, he thought this would be a, a good way to kind of break into the publishing business and learn a little bit about it. Well, how did he break into the publishing business, into Timely Comics, at the age of... Well, he said that he was 17 when he was hired. He actually was only 16 and a half when he was hired, but he lied about his age in order to uh, give himself a better chance at getting the job. Um, of course, uh, he had a little bit of an in. It turns out that his, uh, his cousin was actually married to Martin Goodman the uh, the publisher of Timely Comics, and so she was the one who recommended uh, that he uh, take this job working for Timely, and so in 1939, Stan Lee, not quite 17 years old yet, began working at Timely Comics. Now, his beginning there was rather inauspicious. Uh, he started off by doing things like getting lunch for the writers and artists and filling the artists' inkwells because this is back in the days when the artists actually dipped pens in inkwells and drew that way. Um, he did end up getting some more responsibility. He started uh, doing some proofreading, and he was also responsible for erasing the pencil marks on finished pages. Um, and eventually, he actually got a chance to start doing some writing. And his first story was for Captain America Comics number three, that was uh, that came out in May of 1941. The story was called Captain America Foils. Uh, Captain America Foils the Traitor's Revenge. Excuse me, I stumbled a little bit there. Sorry about that. Um, and in that particular story, it was a backup story in Captain America comics. Uh, this was the one where Stan Lee created the signature Captain America ricocheting shield move, um, which not only became a standard Captain America move, but also ensured that the shield would become round and stay that way. Because in the first issue of Captain America comics, the shield had actually been triangular. Um, now, it was when he wrote that story that he actually began using the name Stan Lee. He had called himself Stan Lieber up until then. But the reason that he used the name Stan Lee is because comic books didn't have a very good reputation. And he didn't want his real name associated with comic books because he was still thinking that this was going to be just something he did temporarily, something where he learned about the business of publishing. And someday he was going to go on to write the great American novel 
and he would put his full name, Stanley Lieber, on that. Um, of course, as we know, that never actually happened. Instead, he had probably a much greater career than he ever would have if he had become the writer that he originally thought that he would become. Now, after that, he continued writing stories uh, for Timely Comics. Uh, they were backup stories. He actually uh, wasn't writing any of the features. Um, but then late in 1941, Simon and Kirby left Timely Comics because of their dispute uh, over Captain America with Martin Goodman. And uh, Joe Simon was not only the writer for Captain America, but he was also the editor of Timely. So Martin Goodman and Timely Comics did not have an editor. So Martin Goodman went to Stan Lee and said, uh, would you become the editor temporarily uh, while I look for a real adult, essentially, to fill the job? And Stan Lee agreed to that and became the editor. Uh, and at that point, he was actually not quite 19 years old. He was still actually 18 when he became the editor of Timely. Well, it turns out that uh, Martin Goodman never replaced Stan Lee as editor because Stan Lee ended up having a real knack for the job and uh, a knack for the comic book business. And so Stan Lee actually ended up becoming the permanent editor of Timely Comics and remained the editor all the way through the Timely years, all the way through the Atlas years of the 50s, and actually... Uh, was the editor all the way up until 1972 when he actually succeeded Martin Goodman as the publisher at that point of Marvel Comics. Now, there was a little bit of an interruption to his career, as with many of the creators of that time, uh, he ended up going into the military during World War II. He entered the military in 1942, and a um, Another employee of Timely, a man named Vincent Fago, ended up temporarily becoming the editor until Stan Lee got out of the military in 1945. Now, um, Stan did not have a particularly eventful career in the military. He actually spent the entire thing stateside. So um, unlike Jack Kirby, for example, who actually was involved in the D-Day invasion, Stan Lee never actually saw combat. He started off by working in the Signal Corps, but then later got translated to the training film division. And so essentially what he ended up doing for most of the war was uh, making training films and, uh, and writing for uh, military publications and even doing some cartooning for military publications. So essentially, in many ways, continued what he had already been doing and what he would end up doing with the rest of his life. So he ended up getting out of the military in 1945 and returned to Timely Comics and retook his position as editor. And also around that time, uh, he had some changes in his personal life. In 1947, uh, he got married to his wife, Joan. Now, uh, he and his wife would later have two children. Uh, they had a daughter, J.C. Lee, who was born in 1950 and uh, is one of his uh, surviving relatives. Um, and they also had another daughter named Jan Lee, who was born in 1953, but she actually died three days after birth, and uh, so J.C. was actually their only surviving child. Now, throughout the Atomic Age, of course, it was a very difficult time for, um, for Timely and then Atlas Comics. Uh, 
timely, as we've mentioned before, actually ended up uh, shutting down in 1950 when the Captain America's last issue was uh, put on the stands. Um, the name changed to Atlas Comics, and they kind of struggled through that period. And there were, uh, on more than one occasion, Martin Goodman actually wanted to close the doors of Atlas Comics because it just wasn't making that much money, and he had other parts of his publishing empire that were actually doing much better. But um, Stan Lee was the one that really kept things going. He found a way to keep uh, to keep Atlas going, to keep it profitable enough to, uh, you know, at least kind of hang on. Um, and he even did some things without Martin Goodman's knowledge because there were times when, as we'd mentioned before, uh, Martin Goodman did things like fired all of the writers and artists so that he could use um, things that they had previously submitted that they had never used. Um, and uh, But still, Stan Lee actually found ways to uh, kind of surreptitiously pay some of these people and uh, keep them working at least a little bit uh, to keep Timely going. And uh, this is the way that things would continue until 1958 when Jack Kirby actually returned to Atlas Comics and gave Stan Lee a chance to then really set things up in the way that would allow him to shine and become one of the best known names in comics as uh, as we came into the Silver Age. And so that's where we will pick up next time uh, in the late 50s with Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, and Steve Ditko as they prepare for the launch of Marvel Comics. <laughs>